I'm Dan O'Donnell. Welcome once again to The Difference. It's our weekly podcast with Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, where we talk about the intersection of politics and money, finance, and what's going on in the world around you, Wall Street, Main Street, and everywhere in between. Dave, uh, great to be back on with you. Yeah, beautiful summer that we're going through right now. Yes, glad to have a conversation with you. Yeah, beautiful everywhere except it seems financially. I mean, we're right. still sort of wondering whether or not we're in the middle of a recession, if if the next quarter is going to show uh, that we're officially in a recession. We're still dealing with out-of-control inflation. Last week's number for the month of June, 9.1%. That's been the hottest it's been. We saw a big increase month over month, and that's leading to a whole lot of pressure on the Fed to raise interest rates. We're hearing 75 basis points, the outside chance of 100 basis points, further slowing down the economy, just making the access to money that much tighter. It is a difficult and precarious position for pretty much everyone. Yeah. And of course, it affects not only the Fed Reserve, and of course, it affects you and I and everyone who's listening to this. And the reason why uh, you know we spend so much time on this is because we saw this coming. We saw it brewing a year ago. And the reason why I was jumping up and down, because Inflation, especially out of control inflation, forces the Fed to do things that were outside of what they wanted to do because the Fed has a dual mandate. They have two jobs. One is full employment and the other is to keep what's called price stability. Well, that's inflation. And we saw this brewing. I, I couldn't believe that the Federal Reserve and the president's advisors were saying, you know, all serious economists don't see this happening. Well, we saw it happening. And the reason why the Fed is in the predicament, as you said, now is because they have to raise interest rates. They have to slow the economy down. And that, of course, brings us to this recessionary talk. And so we look at generally accepted recession definition is two back-to-back quarters of negative GDP. We may not be in a recession because of the fact that we have employment that is so strong. So if we are technically in a recession, two back-to-back quarters, we are going to have to find out if they actually call it a recession because employment is still here. So what does that mean? Does that mean that they don't call it, or does it mean that you'll recall this, Dan, is back when Reagan was in office, he instructed Volcker to take it down again. In other words, cause a double dip. So maybe we have a slowdown now. And when all of these interest rates hit, maybe we have another slowdown next year. And that's not going to be fun. Do you think that if we're in a recession, it's particularly deep? I mean, could we see the the dreaded double dip recession? We have a shallow recession now. Maybe inflation isn't totally taken out of the equation by next year. And then we go right back into a recession, even if we have minimal growth, say, in the fourth quarter. Right. So we could could be having a shallow pullback, a shallow, generally accepted definition of a recession right now. But it's going to be shallow because the consumer is just starting to slow down. Jobs are still there. You know, there's the old joke, uh, it's a recession when uh, when your neighbor, it's a recession when your neighbor loses their job, it's a depression when you lose your job, right? Yeah. So we haven't seen that quite yet. We haven't seen companies pulling back on employment costs. So does it slow down now? And then we look into next year and do they, is the Fed forced to force it into a secondary or double dip recession? 
Or did they get it right? You know, they got it wrong on the first time. They were slow to react. Did they orchestrate what's called a soft landing? It's a possibility that that's what's going to happen, that we just have a soft landing, that the economy slows down but doesn't doesn't crash. And, and that's what we're going to have to watch. You know, a big part of this, Dan, is how does the market react? And recessions and bear markets generally are connected. So a recession, back-to-back quarters of negative GDP, bear market down 20%. Well, we know we're down 20%. The S&P started the year at you know 4,700, uh, and we're at 3,800. The market looks forward. So does it begin to bottom out and look in, you know, because it does that six months to 12 months before the economy. So does it start to, to, to level out right now? That's what we're looking for. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of confidence yet that we have bottomed out because the VIX, a measure of volatility, hasn't really spiked. People haven't had this capitulation where they throw in the towels. And I can tell you anecdotally, I haven't been inundated with, with phone calls. You know, we have 5,000 families, high net worth families that we manage. I haven't been inundated with uh, enough is enough. So maybe maybe we're close, but we're not quite there yet. And in order to figure out what exactly is going on with your portfolio, because let's be totally honest with you, that's really all that matters. I mean, as you said, the the recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose yours. We're all looking at this through the prism of sure, you know how the country is doing and how everybody is doing at a macro sense. But it's the at that micro level, how am I doing? Especially if you're getting closer and closer to needing to take some of that money out of your nest egg to live on as you inch towards retirement, or maybe you're uh, making the decision about whether now or maybe early 2023 or maybe a year from now, summer of next year, is the time to retire. What you need to do is to head to AnnexWealth.com. It's to really look at what you own, why you own it, get a portfolio review. We call it a free wealth metric, and it's available at AnnexWealth.com. I want to ask you, Dave, about something a friend of mine said uh, that I think there's a lot of uh, wisdom behind it. As the Fed is raising interest rates to try to normalize levels of inflation, he said one of the big problems is that for the past 10 to 15 years, America has become addicted to low interest rates and that the economy will just shrivel up even when these relatively minor rate increases happen, that the Fed will be forced to slash rates almost immediately, or else risk business totally slowing down. Do you agree with that assessment? All right. So what he's talking about was what's called quantitative easing, and it really started in 08. And that's when the Fed increased its balance sheet and started to inject money, if you will, theoretically, printing money, all of these things, to increase uh, the velocity of the dollar. And yes, we have been in a quantitative easing environment for 13 years, 14 years and that has been an about face. So now we're in quantitative tightening. And how do they do that? How do they reduce their balance sheet? Well, how they increase their balance sheet is going out and buying bonds in the open market. And how do they reduce it is, one, is just let those bonds, when they come to maturity, just not replace them. And so, you know, whatever it is, $8 trillion, over time, it starts to reduce. And therefore, the biggest buyer in the room, the Federal Reserve, uh, stops buying those bonds. That has a, an effect. And, you know, the, the way to think about it is a rising, uh, a rising tide 
raises all boats. So even the crappy boats uh, get raised, and and that's what is, is a relevant. It's a relevant and thoughtful point, but. You know, is it overdone to an extent that, you know, it's going to crash, the economy is going to crash? At the end of the day, how we look at all of these things is, are there jobs out there? There will be jobs if there's demand. And if a company sells more stuff, whatever their widgets are, if they sell more stuff, if they increase their sales from, you know, $10 million to $20 million, we can look at that and say that's increased revenues. We like that. What did they do on the expense side? Did they increase their net income? If they increase their net income, we can put a multiple on that based on interest rates. That is what's always happened. There's a famous chart called the mountain chart, and your, your, our listeners here can, can go look at that. And you can go all the way back to the crash in 29, to World War II, to the Korean War, to Vietnam, to the Cuban Missile Crisis. And the market has uh, shown all of these things, and this mountain, uh, this mountain chart has shown all of these uh, issues that the United States has had, and it continues to move forward if companies can increase their revenue and sales. So is it going to be more difficult? Yes. And the final part of your friend's comment is is thoughtful. Will the Fed have to pivot? Probably, right? Once their core rate is above the rate of inflation, they may have to pivot to get the economy going again to get it jump-started. So, yeah, that's the Fed. The Fed has they created the fire. They came in with the fire hose, and now they're going to have an issue to get the thing going again. But in terms of where we are right now, and I'm actually starting to see this as we're you know sort of looking, my wife and I, at uh, moving to a, a slightly larger house. You know, our kids have gotten older. We've kind of outgrown the house that we're in right now. I have seen just in the last couple of weeks, every single house that's on the market right now has been slashing the price. So when we see that, and I was actually just a couple of days ago in the Wisconsin Dells, and I can tell you, we go to the Dells all the time. Obviously, young children, they love it. You know, we go to the Wilderness Resort. Our family has a condo up there, so we're able to stay up there all the time. Uh, We've been going there for years. Outside of the pandemic year of 2020 and last year, as people were still sort of, you know, struggling to get back to their normal routine of going out, and I have not seen the Dells that empty in years. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the downtown area was not a ghost town, but there were not a lot of people there. Not a lot of people seemed to be staying at the resorts, and I'm willing to wager Door County. I'm willing to wager Great America are all seeing the same thing. So as we're, you know, sort of either in the midst of a recession or whatever, are you seeing the impact of people's bottom line especially on discretionary spending? Even in in combination with, you know, the big life decisions about whether or not to buy a house, to sell a house, are you really seeing that changed behavior? As I sort of am anecdotally. Yeah. So there's there's a bifurcation. We all know that in this country is the bifurcation of those who have discretionary spendable income and those that don't. And those people that are below the Mendoza line, if you will, are getting crushed with higher prices. No doubt about that. But those above and those people who are, are dual income, they have the money they're choosing not to spend it. Think about, you know, the mask mandates and the vaccines and and the shutdowns and you know people are freaked out and, and you can't you can't not not know what's happening. I mean, everyone has a phone and it's inundated with all of this news. And so therefore people are pulling back despite the fact that maybe they still have the revenue, 
They still have the income, but they're feeling it. And we're talking ourselves right into this thing. We're talking ourselves right into a, a slowdown, into a recession. So, yeah, people are making decisions. And you can see that in the discretionary spending category of the S&P 500. It's coming down. There's no doubt about that. So maybe all of these rate hikes that we're seeing right now, that has a lagging effect. So what's happening right now, people are making those choices because gas prices are through the roof and cost of right. chicken. But next year, those interest rates are going to absolutely have an effect on people's decision in real estate, and therefore that's where it's going to affect them. So this could go on for a year or so. I mean, we talk about politics. We'll see. I mean, it's the number one issue that people and voters have on their minds in midterms is inflation. It's not anything else. It's how do they get affected in their bottom line, and it's going to be a poll issue. The question becomes, what happens if the Republicans take control? What are they going to do with it? That is an important question. Well, and if you want to inject even more uncertainty into this, there are growing rumors that President Biden is going to announce shortly after the midterms that he's not running for president again in 2024. What's going to be real interesting about that is that probably makes Republicans the favorites to recapture the White House. And the favorite right now to be the Republican nominee would be Donald Trump. So suffice it to say that over the next couple of months, as we move from the primary season uh, into the general election and even beyond, and right now, Dave, in American politics, we go from one election cycle to the other. As soon as the midterms are over, we are in a presidential election cycle, especially this year. So what's that going to do to your bottom line? Well, that's sort of our expertise here on The Difference. That's what we do. That's why we do this podcast every week to try to figure out how these decisions, how these political machinations and how what the Federal Reserve does impacts you. Not you in a general sense, but you personally listening to us right now. We're out of time for Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. I'm Dan O'Donnell. As always, thank you so very much for listening to the difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.